Well, good morning. Let me start then. Good morning, Valley Creek family. Uh, we're glad that you're here. And um, whether you're joining us in, in person here, uh, some of them are joining us online. We even want to welcome those at our South Wilson campus that'll be watching this today uh, as part of our worship together. And so just want to welcome you all. Uh, you know, we've been in our series, Summer Vacation, and we visited some really important and cool places on our trip so far. In fact, this morning as we came and as we were getting ready to, to worship, our plan was this morning that we were going to go to one of those other neat places. But let me ask you this. Have you ever been on a vacation during the summer and you're making your way to wherever your destination is, and then all of a sudden from the back seat, you hear this voice that says, I got to go to the restroom, right? Or if it's not that, it's, I'm hungry. When are we going to stop and eat? If you've ever had kids, y'all know that experience, right? And so, you know, in that moment, it, you, you just got to stop. All right? you, can't, you can't press on. You got to stop and say, we're going to take a pit stop. Well, we're going to take a moment away from our vacation this morning because we must. We got to take a pit stop. I'm assuming, uh, I didn't expect this to happen, all right? Anyway, and I'm assuming at this point this morning, most of all of you have heard or the announcement that Kim and I released earlier this week that I am resigning my position as pastor here at Valley Creek Baptist Church, this wonderful place. For some of you, you were taken completely by surprise. For some of you, you were, you were not surprised but maybe a little disappointed. There may have been some of you that rejoiced. There are a few who are wondering What's the big deal, right? For those at South Wilson this morning, I know there's some of you that you're new to our church family. You've even been there in the last few weeks, and you're saying, well, well, what's the big deal? We don't care. As long as we got Jonas, we're good, right? And I agree with you. You're in good hands with Jonas. In fact, I'm going to say this. Valley Creek has a great church staff, and as a whole, this church is in good hands. All right? Y'all need to know that, and you should have said a big amen to that one, right? We just now, as a church, going to need a new piece, now, I'm sorry that I could not have shared the news of my resignation personally. For one, our situation made that impossible. And two, there are just far too many people for me to try to be face-to-face -face and believe that, that I could talk to everyone realistically. There's no way I could accomplish that task. I'm also sorry that the announcement came so abruptly because I really didn't intend to announce that on Tuesday. But on Tuesday, it became evidence that the news was getting out, that I had had some interviews. And with that news spreading as much as possible, I felt like I wanted you to hear from me the announcement. I didn't want it to come through the rumor mill and people begin to wonder what's going on. Now, to give you a few more details this morning, let me just say this. I have accepted a position to teach special education at Heartland Elementary School here in Elizabethtown. For the last two months, I've been taking classes at night to renew my teaching certificate. Some of you knew that uh, before I surrendered to the Lord, I, I did have a teaching degree. And so I've been working over the last two months to get that teaching certificate renewed. And then I'm beginning the process of getting certified in special education. Now, I began that process in order to help me clarify what I needed to do. I'd been struggling with some time as whether I needed to step aside as pastor as I never wanted to stay too long. In fact, many people knew this. Many people knew that if I made it to 20 years here at Valley Creek, which would have been 30 years of ministry for me, my intent was to retire at that, at that time because I never wanted to overstay. All right, so that's always been, in a sense, my goal all along. But when I began my studies, it, it was not a guarantee that I would end up where I am today. Based upon some good advice, as I was trying to figure things out, they said, you have to do something to, to figure out what is right. And so that's why I began to take my classes as I sought clarity. 
And in the process, what became clear was it was time for me to move on to the next chapter of my life. Now, quite frankly, there's still much about this that scares me, but I'm trusting God along the way. I love this church and stepping aside as pastor is not really something I want to do, but I know for the best of the church, I must. I know in recent times, people have been concerned about me because of all the church has been through and the last little bit and all that we've had to deal with, but let me make this very clear. At every step, God has been good, and he has blessed me beyond measure. This decision was not made because I have lost faith in God or because I have lost faith in his church. It's just the opposite. I make this decision with full confidence in God and with full confidence in his church. And maybe I should remind you that you are God's church, so I make this decision with every confidence in you. Do you hear that? In you. For those who want to know when my last Sunday will be, my, my last day in the pulpit will be July the 18th. My official last day will be later uh, than that because I have some vacation time and some other time off coming, so the personnel team has been gracious in working with me on this timing, but practically, ending on the 18th will allow me some much-needed downtime before school starts as well as give me time to complete some needed training in preparation for the school year in my new career. Now, with that said, let me focus where I really want to focus this morning. Starting with the fact that I want you to know what a great privilege it has been to be your pastor for the last 18 years. I mean, that, that is a long time, and overall in the world of ministry, it's not too common. In fact, I read this week that the average stay of a pastor is four years. I've exceeded that by just a little, all right, just a little bit this morning, all right? You've given me the great privilege to lead this congregation for those last 18 years, and it's been a great journey. Now, what has happened in those last 18 years is an amazing thing. God has done great things, and we should not be surprised that, 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 uh, that that's happened because that's the way God works. God does great things. And God does this morning, what I want to do is I want us to look at the last words that Moses had for the children of Israel before stepping aside and letting Joshua lead the people. I'm sure for some of the people there, as Moses came in front of the people, some of them were worried. And at the end of Deuteronomy, Moses gathers the people to talk to them, and he gives them some last words that he's going to share with them. Now, before we look at what he says, let's consider how the people must have been feeling for, for the moment. Think about this. For 40 years, Moses was the only leader they had ever known. Uh, so catch this. Some of the people, all right, or, or everybody who was 40 and under had never even known bondage in Egypt. They, they didn't know anything about that. For 40 years, all that they had ever known was Moses' leadership. For 40 years, under the watch of Moses, these people had watched him as he cared for them and cared for them deeply. For over 40 years, Moses was the, the only all right, leader that any of them had known. Even those over 40 years still knew Moses as their only leader for 40 years, and he was ingrained in them, all right? And so they were probably even wondering, what, what we're going to do? Because again, whichever camp they were in, they had to think to themselves, what are we going to do without him? As we think about this, let's look at what Moses says to the people. Here's how he begins in Deuteronomy 29, verse 2. And Moses summoned all Israel and said to them, You have seen all that the Lord did before your eyes in the land of Egypt, to Pharaoh and to all his servants and to all his land, the great trials that your eyes saw, the signs and these great wonders. Now, one of the first things Moses does is he recounts some of the great things that God has done. 
Some of the Israelites knew that God had done wonders to deliver them out of bondage. He had sent the plagues in Egypt. He had parted the waters. He had sent manna for them to eat out of heaven. He saw water come from rocks for them to drink. He had done so many great things. And Moses simply wanted to remind the people, all right? Because again, some had not experienced certain parts of that personally because they were not even alive. But Moses wanted all the people to know that God is both good and powerful and that he had done great things in the past so they could have confidence in God in the future. You know, when I look back over 18 years, some of you know in those 18 years that God has done many wonderful things. You know, when I came 18 years ago, it sort of felt like bondage a little bit some of, for some of us, did it not? Shake, shake your head if you're here, you know that. You felt like maybe you're in bondage. The church was in such great debt. In a way, we felt like we'd be enslaved to that debt forever. However, for those who are here, you know how even though we began taking up offerings less often, didn't undertake a capital campaign, simply preached God's word and trusted him that God not only provided and met the need, but we paid off that debt, debt well before it was scheduled to be paid off because God did a great thing. Right? We also have watched as God through the years change many lives. We've had an Addison this morning. He's still changing lives. Amen. We've watched him do that through the years. He's changed many lives. We've watched as he's provided for many mission trips. We had a year even where we paid for and we built a habitat house, all right? Think about how miraculous that is with the debt that we were in at one point, that we could even pay for a house and have it built. Man, God did great things. You see, God miraculously provided for us and then he miraculously provided us the property at South Wilson for that campus there and many more things. Now, some of you are new to Valley Creek, so you don't know the history, yet all those great things that God has done has proven he is faithful and he's doing many great things. And hear me, he will continue to do great things. Some of the people of Israel may have responded to Moses by saying, well, God did those things through you, Moses. God may have done them, but he worked through you. They might have said, Moses, you are the one who raised your hands when the waters parted or spoke to the rock to give it water. They would have said, Moses, you are the one who went up the mountain to meet with God and then brought down his commands. Moses, that was you, which might not have been wrong in one sense, but wrong in that the people might have put too much importance in Moses. In fact, look, look what he said later to the people in Deuteronomy 31. He says, so Moses continued to speak these words to all Israel. And he said to them, I am 120 years old. I am no longer able to go out and come in. The Lord has said to me, you shall not go over this Jordan. The Lord your God himself will go over before you. He will destroy these nations before you so that you shall depossess them and Joshua will go over at your head as the Lord has spoken. In other words, what Moses wanted the people to know is that even though he would not be their leader anymore, instead that would be Joshua, that God himself would be the one to go before them. Moses was making a powerful point here. The power of what had been accomplished was not in Moses, but it was indeed in God. In fact, Moses was a flawed individual like everyone else. He was a flawed individual whom God had chosen for a particular task and for a particular season of time. Moses' task was now complete, and it was time for the Israelites to now have a new leader. But God was still going to be the one going before the people. Moses wanted to make sure that the people had their eyes on the right one, that they had their eyes on God. Like now, there might be some of you who would be tempted to give me too much credit for the things that have happened in the last 18 years. I can clearly say anything good that has happened is to the glory of God, all right? Anything bad that's happened, I'll take the blame for that, okay? But the great things, 
Those were all God. For some reason, God allowed me to be the pastor here for 18 years and see God do those great things. Even in in fact, as difficult as the last fours have been, we have still seen the goodness of God provide through those difficulties. And what I wanna make sure here, one last time as I share with you as pastor, that you know this, that God will go before you, okay? God will go before you. He will indeed. In fact, hear the words of Moses as he continues in verse six. He says, be strong and courageous. Do not fear or be in dread of them, for it is the Lord your God who goes with you. He will not leave you or forsake you. Then Moses summoned Joshua and said to him in the sight of all Israel, be strong and courageous, for you shall go with this people into the land that the Lord has sworn to their fathers to give them, and you shall put them in possession of it. It is the Lord who goes before you. He will be with you. He will not leave you or forsake you. Do not fear or be dismayed. You see, some of you right now might be a little afraid and you're wondering what the future holds for Valley Creek. I want to tell you, do not be afraid. I want to tell you to be courageous. Your God goes before you and the best days are yet to come. You remember Moses shares these words with the children of Israel. They'd been wandering in the wilderness for 40 years. Y'all remember that, right? As, as great a leader Moses had been for them, he had not taken them to the promised land. Again, they'd been wandering for 40 years. But now they were on the edge of that promised land and they were looking in. They were in a place where they were ready to experience the promise and the blessing of God. However, before they got to experience that, it would mean a change in leadership. It meant Moses had to step aside and Joshua had to step in. You see, I believe today that the best days of Valley Creek can still be in front of us. In fact, the main reason I'm stepping aside as your pastor is because I believe for that to happen, there needs to be a new leader, a leader whose gifts will be different than mine, a leader who may lead in a different way than me, a leader who will face different kind of battles than me, but a leader who God will use to do great things. Now, some of you may not feel that way right now, but I want you to begin now to look forward. Believing that God will go before this church and that God will take this church to even better days than it has ever seen. Moses had to tell the people to be strong and courageous because he too recognized that a change of leadership is not easy. Moses knew that in the future there were going to be challenges and going into the promised land would not be a piece of cake. And so Moses challenged the people to be strong and courageous because he knew that if the people looked to God, then great things would happen. You see, I want to truly encourage all of you to look to God. This week, as I talked to many people about my decision to resign, I've been blessed in that most people were very encouraging and supportive. Surprisingly, I didn't expect this, many people were happy for me. I really didn't expect that, but many of you say, we're, re- we're really happy for you, we're, we're proud for you. They were excited for the next chapter of my life. I appreciate that great support. Some even asked me, well, what can we do to help you during your transition? And my answer to them was the same. The most important thing that any of those here at Valley Creek can do for me is to continue to be faithful to God and his church. Look to God and don't be discouraged because I'm leaving. Look to God, be excited about what God is going to do and be faithful to his church. I believe the people remain faithful to God in this church then truly better days ahead. And I am not just trying to make you feel good with that statement. 
Do you hear me? I didn't put that in just to kind of puff you up. I didn't put that in just because I'm trying to make you feel good. I really believe today that if we look to God and the people are faithful, that the best days of Valley Creek are still ahead. Hear me. Valley Creek is a great place. Valley Creek is a unique place. This is a place where God wants to work in a mighty way. All right, now with that said, let me take a few moments to encourage a couple of specific things. Other than just to encourage you to be faithful, let me encourage you on a couple of points. First is this. I want you to keep pressing on to make discipleship a greater part of the DNA of Valley Creek. Pilot groups have been going on over the last several weeks, really the last few months, and we've started down a path of making discipleship a great part of who we are as a church. It will not be long that the church body as a whole will be hearing more about how you can become involved with one of these discipleship groups. You will hear testimonies of people in these groups and what they have already meant to them, all right? These groups will have a way of changing both individuals and our church. And so let me right now encourage every one of you to be ready to find a way to be a part of a D group. In fact, I'm going to be finding mine, all right, because I don't know that I said it. I, I, I intend, if everything goes well, I plan to stay here at Valley Creek and worship and serve the Lord. I'm going to be finding my D group. I'm going to be plugging in again. I've, I've got a pilot group that's been going on, but I'm going to find my D group for the fall, and I want to encourage every one of you to find yours because what I know is that group can change your life. It can change this church, and it can change our community as people go deeper with the Lord. Now, second, on a very practical level for the church, Before COVID hit, the Constitution and Bylaws Committee had begun working on revision of our Constitution and Bylaws to bring them up to date. The world is different. The church is different than it was the last time they were updated and changes are needed. I want you to support their work and I want to encourage you, hear me, I want to encourage you to support a move to elder leadership. It is a move that would help the church in the future make faster, well-informed, spirit-led decisions. And it would be a great source of encouragement and accountability for the next pastor. That change would be a big change, and I know that, I admit that, but one that I'm saying to you that I believe would truly make a huge positive difference for the church. And so I'm making that as a request. Since I won't be your pastor, I won't have anything to say about that other than a voting church member who, if it's brought forward, I'll vote yes, okay? But I would encourage you to support that move. Now, third, be supportive of your church staff in the days ahead. The church has a great staff, and the transition of the senior pastor is a unique change. I believe the staff is well capable of keeping things going until the next pastor is found, but they still need your prayers and encouragement as the workload will go up temporarily. I am pledging my support to them, and I hope you will join me. Pray for them daily. Offer encouragement, and then volunteer to help because we need you to do the work here at the church. Now, with those few things said, though, here's what I really want to say to you. In fact, I'll say this. Some of you may not have heard anything that I've said to this point this morning, and if that's so, would you do me a favor? Would you give me your attention now? Because what I'm getting ready to share is really the most important things. These next few minutes are indeed the most valuable. What I'm getting ready to share is, again, the most important. So when Moses was speaking to the people, he was speaking to them as a man who loved them a man who wanted the best for them. If you've ever read your Bible and you read all the accounts of Moses, here's what you know. All right, as he, he led the 
to people, there were times that, that Moses, in fact, interceded on their behalf to God. And he begged to God for them sometimes. There were times he, he came and said, God, don't destroy these people, right? He, he did many things, but he loved them, and so he interceded them. In fact, there's at least a one occasion that we can read in the Scriptures that for 40 days and 40 nights, Moses prayed and fasted for the people because he loved them and he cared for them. He loved the people and he indeed wanted the best. And so as he spoke to them, some of his final words, this is what he said in Deuteronomy 30, beginning in verse 11. He, for this commandment that I command you today is not too hard for you, neither is it far off. It is not in heaven that you should say, who will ascend to heaven for us and bring it to us that we may hear it and do it. Neither is it beyond the sea that you should say, who will go over the sea for us and bring it to us that we may hear it and do it. But the word is very near you. It is in your mouth and is in your heart so that you can do it. See, I've set before you today life and good, death and evil. If you obey the commandments of the Lord your God that I command you today by loving the Lord your God, by walking in his ways and by keeping his commandments and his statutes and his rules, then you shall live and multiply and the Lord your God will bless you in a land that you're entering to take possession of it. But if your heart turns away and you will not hear, but are drawn away to worship other gods and serve them, I declare to you today that you shall surely perish. You shall not live long in the land that you are going over the Jordan to enter and possess. You see, Moses wanted the best for the people, and he knew if they wanted the best moving forward, that they simply needed to follow the Lord, that they needed to obey his words and to live for him. I can tell you very plainly how this church moves into a bright future how you move into a bright future. You move into a bright future by obeying God's word and living for him. I'll say like Moses said, it's not too hard for you and it's not far off. You see, one of my goals over the last 18 years is to preach God's word that you might know it. I hope over the last 18 years, you've heard me preach this word time and time again. And we've talked about God's will for our life. We talk about what he wants. I've made it my passion to preach his word. I pray that whoever replaces me has that same commitment. And I believe if you replace me with someone who preaches God's word, if you study God's word yourself, and then as a church body, you live out the truth of God's word, bright days are ahead. And I agree with Moses, all right, as if I could even think I could disagree with Moses, right? <laughs> but I agree with him that it's not too hard. It's not too hard. We want to make it a big deal, right? We want to say it's too hard. But folks, let me say this. It's not too hard to forgive as the Lord wants you to forgive. You just have to do it. Can I say this? It's not too hard to love your enemies as the Lord has asked us to do. You just have to do it. It's not too hard to read God's word as he asked us to do. You just have to do it. It's not too hard to make disciples. You just need to do it. It's not too hard to love God more than anything else. You just have to do it. And I could go on this morning, but God wants you to know what he is asking us to do in his word. It's not so hard. It's not so hard. We just need to do it. And we can let the world distract us all we want. But my challenge to you is know God's word, study God's word, and do it. In fact, let's make a pledge moving forward today that we're going to love God, we're going to obey his word, and we're going to live for him. Amen? There's not a lot of amens there, okay? Should have been a lot more. 
Now look closely at the last thing Moses said, and I promise I'm almost done. He said in verse 19, I call heaven and earth to witness against you today that I have set before you life and death, blessing and cursing. Therefore, choose life that you and your offspring may live, loving the Lord your God, obeying his voice, and holding fast to him. For he is your life and length of days, that you may dwell in the land that the Lord swore to your fathers, to Abraham, to Isaac, to Jacob, to give to him. Folks, what we all need to know today is we have a choice. Are you ready? You can choose life or you can choose death. But the choice is yours. As this church moves forward, there will be a choice. You can choose to live or you can choose to die. You follow the Lord, you do his will, the church will live because the Lord is the head of his church. He is the one who's building his church. He is the one who is sustaining it. So if you look to him, you will live. But then I can say this. Individually, I want you to know today that you have a choice. Individually, you have a choice in life of whether you're going to live or whether you're going to die. Look back for a moment at at verse 20. I, I highlighted it, and I don't know as I read through it if you noticed the underline. But as Moses was talking about this choice of life or death, he made a huge observation. So again, look at verse 20 again. He said, loving the Lord your God, obeying his voice, and holding fast to him. Read this next part with me. For he is your life. It is the Lord who is life. It is only when a person truly chooses to live for God that you will have life. Think about this, when the apostle John was talking about Jesus coming into the world, this is what he said in the beginning of the gospel, John 1, verses 3 and 4. He said, all these things, or all things were made through him, and without him was not anything made that was made. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. In him was life. You see, today, if you want to live, are you ready? If you want to live, you have to choose Jesus and live for him. You see, so many people today think they have life because they've been to church. They think they have life because they've been baptized. But I know many people who have been to church, they've joined a church, they've been baptized, they don't have life. Why? Because they didn't really choose Jesus. They chose a religion rather than Jesus. And folks, let me tell you this. A religion doesn't give you life. In fact, my experience is this. Religion has a way of sucking the life out of you. But Jesus gives life. All right? When a person truly chooses Jesus, they choose life. And they choose life everlasting. We know that, in fact, a couple of chapters after the verses I just read in John, John goes on to say this famous verse in the Bible. I hope you haven't memorized. If not, you should memorize it. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. You see, today, as I, I share with you as you're listening to me, more than anything else, here's what I want for people to do. I want you to choose life. 
Can I say this for, for this church? I, I want you all individually to say, we're gonna choose, as a church, we're gonna choose life. We're gonna look to the Lord. We're gonna follow him. We're gonna choose life. We're gonna believe the best days are ahead and we're gonna pursue after him and we're gonna pursue God, God, pursue God and see him do great things. I hope that's a choice that you make as a church, that great things, greater things happen in the future. But today, I'm more worried about the individual this morning and asking you, what are you gonna choose? Again, I've had the privilege for 18 years to proclaim the same message. Some of you may got tired of hearing me, but the truth is this, that God loves you so much that he sent Jesus to die for you. Jesus came and he lived a perfect life that you nor I could not live, but he lived it for us. And then what he did was offer that perfect life up on a cross to die for your sin and to die for my sin that we could be forgiven by our faith in what Jesus has done and not what we have done. That is the message of God's grace. And there are some of you this morning, truthfully, here's what you've never done. You have never confessed your sin to God. You have never opened your heart to the Lord. You have never said, Jesus, I know that you died for me and want to be my savior. You've never opened your heart and you re never received that today. And my encouragement for you this morning is this. Choose life. Choose this morning to go to God and say, Lord, I know that I'm a sinner and I don't deserve your love, but God, I thank you for the way that you loved me through Jesus Christ. And today I accept his life as a sacrifice for mine. And God, I believe today that he rose from the grave proving that he could forgive me of sin and give me eternal life. And today, what I wanna do, God, is ask you to forgive me, to come into my life today, to give me new life that I might live for you. God, today, I want to live for you. And today, God, I choose life. If you've never done that in a moment, you're gonna have to come to this altar. You're gonna have that opportunity to come and choose life. And I pray today, if you've never chose, chosen life, that today is the day you choose life. And then if you do that, you're gonna join with the church family. That I have every confidence today to believe as a church, we're going to choose life. Can I say this? I'm gonna to choose to live. I'm gonna to choose to live as I follow the Lord. Here's what I hope some of you all will be surprised of, that I will be a better minister in the days ahead, that I'll be better because my ministry days are not done. I don't know if you remember last week, I, I reminded you of something I've said before, we're all ministers, right? Right? Every one of you, if you know Christ, you are a minister. I'm still gonna be a minister. I may have a different row, but I'm gonna choose life and I'm gonna continue to minister for our God. I'm gonna choose life, will you? Today we come to this invitation and you have a choice. You can choose life or you can choose death. Let's choose life. Let's pray together. Father, You are good. God, you're not just good. You're very good. And I thank you for your goodness to me. I thank you, Father, that you've allowed me the great privilege of leading your church 
for the last 18 years here, for 28 years total, that you've allowed me to serve in a great capacity. Father, I'm trusting my future to you and, and pray, Father, that you will continue to lead me, direct me, and use me for your glory. And Father, as I pray that for myself, Lord, I pray for this congregation. I pray for all those who have listened to me this morning, again, whether in this room, whether it's at South Wilson or whether it's online. That, Father, this morning, for all who are listening, will understand the choice that they have. And that today, Lord, they will choose life. Whether that's for some for the very first time to come and open their heart to Jesus and invite him in to be their Savior and Lord, or whether it's others who have known you for years to just choose to say, we're going to move into the life that God wants for us. And we're going to choose to follow our God and follow him into the better days that are ahead. Whatever, whatever camp they're in there, Father, my prayer is you'll move in their heart. And this morning as we come to this invitation, that we'll see many who will choose life. So as always, Lord, I pray let your spirit rule in these moments. Have your way, I pray. And I pray it in Jesus' name. Amen.